Today we're starting a two-week series on something that you've probably heard us say around here if you've, if you've been around a couple months or so. This saying really is a big part of the, the culture of our church because it's a big part of the culture of the Bible. Uh, it tells us how to live this way. And I'm not even going to have you open your Bible to a specific place today. You can kind of try to keep up with me if you want to. But the, the principle, this principle that we're going to talk about It's throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and so I'm going to show you a bunch of scripture verses so we can talk through what all of this means and and why it's all over the Bible. And we've titled this series, To and Through. And today we're going to talk about the two part. What does that mean? Well, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about two different principles we see in the Bible that have to do with how God wants to put him first with our money. Okay, nobody left. That's good. I know I said the M word, and that scares people when we talk about this in church. And that's why we need to talk about it. Because if this is something uh, big enough that scares us, we need to deal with it. And if it's that big, I bet God has something to say about it. And so this week and next week, we're going to look at the principle of giving to our church and through our church. That's the saying we use around here quite often. You can give to our church and you can give through our church. These two words, to and through, are used to represent two main types of giving that we talk about here at River of Life Church and we see throughout the Bible as well. Giving to our church, which we are talking about today, has to to deal with um, the tithe. And we'll talk about what that means in just a minute. But giving through our church represents everything that, as a church, that we give and we send out around the world in our own communities to reach the people who are lost, to reach the people who are hurting, and to train others to do the same thing. And many times churches call this missions giving, right? Today is our third Sunday. It's our mission Sunday. Um, But we, we call this around here, we call it kingdom builders. And if you don't know what kingdom builders is, that's okay That's what next week's message is all about. Pastor Kyle is going to celebrate some things that happened last year. Um, Man, we gave, and we were able to do some amazing things. And I really want to tell you about some of them right now because it's super exciting. Uh, But I better leave that for Kyle, otherwise he'll be really mad at me. So um, that's next week's message. Seriously, this I, I want you to be here. If you have plans, try to change them. And I'm not, even being, I'm not even joking about that. If you can change your plans and be here next week, be here next week because this is one of the most important messages that we want to share with you. This is one of the most important things that we can do as the body of Christ, especially here in America, is give to send and give to spread the gospel around the world. So be here. Be here next week. Today I want us to talk about a church word a word that isn't really used outside of the church at all, but it's found multiple times, many times throughout the Bible, and it's the word tithe. This word tithe, it means a tenth, or it means 10%. Um, We're going to go on a little journey here through the Bible to get an idea of how this is used throughout Scripture, all right? The first place that we see this word tithe in the Bible is in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 14, verses 19 and 20, it says, Blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Now that word tenth right there is the word tithe. Okay? It's the same Hebrew word, tenth, tithe. It's the word mahaser, 
Ma'aser, and sometimes it's translated tenth, and sometimes it's translated tithe. So here we have Abram with the priest, and the priest says, man, God has given you victory in this battle, and Abram responds with like, yeah, he's given me victory in this, but he's given me victory in a lot of other things, and so I want to say thank you, and I want to honor him, and I'm going to give him a tenth of everything I have. I'm going to tithe off of everything I have. So that's the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and it's a response to what God has done and who he is. Then in the third book of the Bible, the tithe is actually becomes a command that God gives. Okay, Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Okay, then in the next book of the Bible, we see into the heart of God here. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, God talks about the tithe and how you're supposed to do the tithe again. And then in verse 23, it says this, in this way, you will learn to live in deep reverence before God, your God, as long as you live. In other versions of this verse, the word reverence is also translated respect or fear or remembrance. And so God is God is like showing people how important it is to put him, uh, to honor him. It's, it's putting, God is putting into practice tithing so that we will remember to revere him, to respect him, and to fear him, healthy fear. All of these are honoring words, and it's this principle of honoring God in this area of our lives. Now, we even see Jesus talk about this principle of the tithe. Matthew 23, 23 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices. You tithe on your spices, your mint, your dill, your cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Now, I want to stop right here, and I want to point something out. There's a pattern that we see in all of these verses, and I want to make sure that we see it, okay? In all of these places, and all the other places in Scripture, we see that people who have hearts that are moving towards God, they tithe. That's what we see here. Before there was the command to tithe, Abraham's heart was moving towards God, and he tithes. In Deuteronomy, we see God trying to bring people closer to him through the tithe. In Matthew, we see Jesus dealing with the matters of the heart of tithing. And I believe strongly that every Christian needs to say, God, God, I've given you my life. I'm all in. My heart, my heart is yours. Everything I have comes from you, and everything I have belongs to you, and I'm going to honor you the way you asked by giving the tithe. Now, now many times in the Bible, we see this concept of tithe talked about with the idea that is called first fruits. Okay? Let me show you a few verses on this. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. We're going to talk about what this means in a minute. Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 35 says, We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of every tree year by year to the house of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 31, 5, As soon as the command was spread abroad, the people of Israel gave in abundance the first fruits of all the produce 
of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. Got both words in that one. Now, the principle we are seeing with these two practices are put God first with all that you have. Put God first with all that you have. And that is why it's talked about as first fruits. All right. I'm going to show you something. I want um, all of those who I asked to help me to get ready as quickly as you can. we got some tables that are going to come out, and we got some people that are going to help. And some of you are like, what is going on? Um, about four, four and a half years ago, we did an illustration on tithing. And some of you may remember this. It was a very memorable thing because it's a powerful illustration. When this all gets up here and we're done, uh, you're going to be like, wow. Wow, this is, this is going to impact you, I think. And so you may have seen this before, but it is a powerful way to understand the principle of the tithe. All right, you can start whenever you guys are ready over there, okay? So here's what's going to happen. You're going to see 10 people walking in circles here, and they're going to bring uh, 10 different pieces of fruit to me. So what do we have here? We have bananas. We have a bunch of bananas. And we have uh, 10 of those. And... What we're going to do is we're going to give the first and we're going to give the best to God. And so I want to make sure that we got the best here. Do we have the best? Let's see. These are pretty good. They're a little green. You guys like your bananas green or perfectly yellow? Green. Little green. All right, good. I'm sure God does too. He's All right, so we're going to take these and we're going to put those right here. First. All right, now we have apples. The bag of apples. And so we're going to take the first. Before there, we're going to take the first and the best, and we're going to give it to God because he's number one. He's number one, and we're going to put him first. Okay? Got another one coming. Pears this time. Favorite, this is my favorite fruit right here. Pears. I love pears, especially when they're just starting to get soft. So we're going to take the first and the best, and it's going to God. And this is going to get a little repetitive, but you're going to start to see what happens. Okay? We got bananas, we got apples, we got pears, and now we have mango. This is not my favorite fruit, <laughs> but it's still good, right? So mango, this one looks really good. It's got a little red in there. I don't know. Is this? I think it's probably the best, and, but it's the first. And so we're going to give that one to God, the first and the best. And uh, this table's starting to get a little full. We'll see as it continues to go. All right. Strawberries. Strawberries are good. Strawberries are good on all sorts of things. Um, the best. These actually look good. I don't see any moldy spots in here. They're the first. They're the best. After strawberries, we have lemons. Ooh. When life gives you lemons, right? Give them to God. When life gives you lemons, give them to God. The first and the best. I just changed that saying for all of you, so when someone says that, you change it. All right, it's getting fuller. It's good. Kiwi. Kiwis are good. They're hard to eat, but they're good. Let's see. So this is one, two, three, four, five, six, number seven. We have a kiwi. The first, perfect. It's the best. Okay. Kiwis, wow, getting fuller and fuller. 
All right, limes. Oh, these are key limes specifically. I was at school the other day, and this kid's like, hey, you want some pie? And I was like, oh, I'm fasting, actually. He's like, good, it's key lime pie. It's gross. You don't want it anyway. <laughs> Literally, that's what he said to me. All right, the first, the best, it goes to God. All right, oranges. These are cuties. This is my daughter's favorite, Kira. She's nine. She eats like three or four of these a day if we would let her. But cuties, these are good. First and the best. Getting close. Whew. I think this is the last one. Careful we don't lose any pineapples. This table is getting full. Stack them in there. All right. The first. Oh, that smells glorious. Seriously. I think we need to use Sinos. Well, here's the worst part about it. I watched Pastor Kyle do this illustration from four and a half years ago, and part of the illustration, he took a banana and ate it, and I'm like, oh, I can't even do that. I'm fasting today. <laughs> but here we go. This is our table. 90%. It's overflowing. Like, you barely can fit everything on this table. This is ours. And don't miss this in all the fun and the craziness. God says, I'm giving you all of this, and I just want one. I just want one back. I want the first. I want the best. I want to know that I'm number one in your life. You can keep all of this. I just want you to trust me with this. But we struggle. We struggle to even get, give this. And, and looking at these tables... Like, honestly, it seems a little silly, doesn't it? It seems that a little silly that we struggle to give God one-tenth, a tithe. But we live in a culture that is so materialistic, has this consumer mentality. We live beyond our means with this constant pull to spend everything that we get. And that's why it seems so hard. God just says, listen, I have a better way. And this is it. Now, there's a key story in Malachi chapter 3. And this is such a great story. Listen to this. In Malachi 3, 7 through 10, God says this. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees. You have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return to you? Well, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. Now remember, hearts moving toward God, honoring him. Hearts drifting away, we're moving it from this table to this, ta this table to this table, right? Hearts moving away from God, we're taking from this table and putting to this one. And God is telling these people in, the, in this chapter in Malachi, he's saying, come back to me. Come back to me. And they ask, how do you want us to come back to you? He says, honor me in your tithes and your offerings. You're robbing me. You are taking what's mine. You're taking what's mine, and you're adding to it. This is all yours, and you're still going 
to rob me? Think about how sad that is. We're over here at God's table, eating his food, taking his food, and, and biblically, this is all of ours, but we say, no, God, I can't trust you. I'm taking this back. God says, look at all I'm blessing you with over here. I'm just asking you to honor me with your first, with your best. You've been robbing me. That, that what you just took, that belongs to me. I want your whole heart. You're supposed to be living all in with me. I want to be first in every area of your life, but you're keeping me out of this one. Understand, God doesn't need your stinking mango. God does not need your banana. He doesn't need it. That's not what this is about. He doesn't need your stuff. He doesn't need your money. This is so much bigger than that. So much bigger than that. And this is what you have to understand. Seriously, understand this. This is not about money. This is trust. This is faith. This is your heart. God says, trust me. Show me that I have your heart. Show me that I have your soul, that I have your stuff, that I have your everything. Don't let materialism and greed get in the way. And the second half of this scripture from Malachi 3 is, is great. Because we see God saying, this is really, really, really important. I'll show you how. He says this, test me in this. Test me. This is a big deal. God, God never says, test me. He never says, test me. In fact, Jesus says the opposite. When he's being tempted before his earthly ministry, right? Satan is tempting him. And, he, and Jesus says, you shall not test the Lord your God. Do not test the Lord your God. Jesus says not to, but in this, God says, it's such a big deal. I'm going to make an exception. Test me in this. I know of people who have actually taken this challenge of test me in this. They, they weren't tithing. They heard the challenge from God. Test me in this. And they said, all right, God, you're on. And they started doing this. They tried out the idea of tithing. And they've never gone back. And if you know, who someone, if you know someone who tithes, uh, ask them about it. Ask them. It's not arrogant to share if somebody asks you. Sometimes we can, we can help each other along, encourage each other through this. And you know what you're going to hear them say? You're going to hear them say things like, I, I don't know how it works. I mean, we tithe now. We're living on 90%. And we have more now than we did before. It makes no sense. You look at your books at the end of the year and you're like, did we forget to pay our taxes? Or, like, it's this supernatural thing. You'll hear them say illogical things like, 90% with God goes further than 100% without him. Pastor Erin is uh, actually sharing her story of this right now in Long Prairie. Her and her husband have this story. They tested God, and it became real, and God showed up. And it is a miraculous testimony uh, of faith and trust and just growing in his rela in relationship with him. Understand, God has set up this power, powerful system of trust, of love, with this promise that God will take care of us. But he's also set up this powerful system to financially fund his mission. Check this crazy stuff out. This is nuts. Relevant Magazine did an article on what would happen if every Christian in America tithed. 
Here's what it says. If every Christian started to tithe in America, there would be an additional $165 billion for churches to use and distribute. To put this into perspective, $25 billion could relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable diseases in five years. $25 billion. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically with people who live where uh, they live on less than $1 a day. Over 1 billion people live on less than $1 a day and can't handle this. $1 billion could fully fund overseas missions work. And after all of that stuff, even we'd still have 100 to $110 billion left over that we could move God's kingdom forward with. When we put that into perspective, no wonder the enemy has purposefully attacked the American Christianity. He's attached this thing of materialism and greed. He's, he's created mistrust in churches and church leaders. Satan is filling our minds with this, you don't need to tithe. That's not a good idea. That's an Old Testament thing. You've got to keep up with everybody else. You don't have enough. You need more. You need to keep more for yourself. You did this. You worked for this. You made this money. It's yours, right? Think about what the church could do to move God's kingdom forward. Music team, could you please come at this time? Don't check out. Because if every American Christian started to tithe right now, listen to this. Right now, only about 10 to 15% of American Christians tithe. Not 10 to 15% of Americans. 10 to 15% of American Christians tithe. They actually put their trust in, and do what God has called them to do in this area. And I want to just hit something here really quick because I know this is a hot topic and I know some Christians don't tithe because they will argue that this is an Old Testament command. It's not in the New Testament. And I just say this, fine. Okay, I will concede that. I, I, will, I will, you can argue with me that this is not a New Testament command and I will let you have that. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I don't care. I don't care. You can, you can claim it, you can argue it, you can show me verses or lack thereof in the New Testament. That's totally fine. But, you knew there was going to be a but. But I know that God still wants to be first in every area of your life. You can't argue that with me. You can't. You can't tell me that he doesn't care what you do with your money. You can't tell me that this area is exempt because Jesus says things like, you cannot serve both God and money. Was that Matthew 6 or something like that? Or I don't remember exactly. And where your treasure is, there your heart is also. He says sell to one of his followers, one of the people who wants to follow him, he sees in his heart and he sees that God or money is his God, and he says, sell all your possessions and follow me. Says that to this man. Because money is more important to him than God. Jesus talks about this. It's a big deal to him. And I believe that this principle of the tithe, that's why I call it a principle and not a command. It's a principle. It's something that God has put in place because he knew that people would argue and push back and struggle with this, with their money. So he decided to give an easy practical way for people to put God first in the area of his finances. He's like, hey, this is going to be a struggle. Here, let's do this. This is easy. Give me one. You get 10, I get one. 
How simple can that be? I can't make it any easier for you. If you do this, you will be showing me that I am number one. But if you're like, nah, I don't believe in the tithe, fine. You don't have to give 10%. But you better be praying about what God wants you to do with everything that he's entrusted you with. You better be praying about what God wants you to do with your finances. It's important to him. Be praying about it. And don't be surprised when he says, okay, not 10%, 15 or something more. Because many times that's what happens. Here's why. God loves first fruit faith. Say that 10 times fast. Okay, don't really say it. I was kidding. But yeah, God loves first fruit faith. It's a principle that we see all throughout his word. And we have the tendency to pile it up all over here and get as much as we can. And then after we've paid all of our bills and after we've bought all our groceries and we've set aside for retirement and then we went shopping and we spent it on our hobbies, then we say, whatever's left over, maybe I'll give you some of that, God. Whatever's left over. And how many of you know that if you live that way, the world that we live in is just going to devour everything that we have. It's just the way it works. And you never have enough to put things on his table. God says, put it over here first. Put it over here first. I don't wanna be a leftover God. I don't wanna be a leftover thought. I want first fruit faith. And if you look at the situation we read about in Malachi, check this out. They had been uh, conquered and pulled out of their country. Their cities, walls, temples, houses, businesses had all been destroyed. Now they have come back and God says, bring the tithe to me. And their logical minds, they're like, no God, we have to build our houses. We have to rebuild the wall. We have to, we have to do some civic improvements. We have to fix our economy. We have to build a, a defense. We have to have an army. And then God, after all that's done, then we'll, then we'll give you something. God's like, no, do this first. And I'll help all that rest of that fall into place. That's how it works with me. First you honor me and I'll take care of you. I love first fruit faith. That's what God says. Now how, how you view God has everything to do with what you do with this. Because if you view all of this as religion and just another thing to do, don't do it. That's not what this is. This isn't about a check mark. I don't, I don't wanna guilt you into giving. That is not what this is. We are told that we should give with joyful hearts we should give because we love God and we want to honor him and we want him to be number one. Remember, we're not taking this as a command. We don't live under the law anymore, but this is a principle that God put in place to help us keep our hearts on track. And when our hearts are his, we think things like, God, you have given me so much. I want to give. I want to put you first. Like, I, I wanna give, I wanna give to Kingdom Builders too. And there's a family down the street that, man, they really need some help. And I think, I think I have, you've given me so much, I am so blessed. Like, 
God, this is amazing that I get to be a part of something like this. And there's that missionary that I met or that I heard from this morning. And you know what? I have this $1,000 or whatever it is just sitting in my bank account. What am I gonna use that for? But I bet, but I bet this could do something amazing for his kingdom. And I just wanna do, uh, you know the joy that comes with giving like this? You begin to look for ways to give to God above and beyond. That's how giving grows in your heart. And as we begin to desire more of God, more of our 90% goes into God's kingdom. It's not just, I guess I'll do this. It's, I get to do this. In fact, our church, we practice this. Every offering that we take, anything that comes in as the tithe or whatever, our church takes 10% of that tithe. Before we pay our bills, before we pay our staff, before we do anything else with that, we take 10% and we give it to missionaries. That's how we support missionaries in this church. And we support between 50 and 60 missionaries. Check this out. We got to pick up eight brand new missionaries in the month of December. And it's all because we are saying, hey, as a church, we are gonna model this principle of the tithe because we believe in it and we wanna honor God with what God has given us even. We do it as a church and we do it as individuals. It has never been something in my life that I've been upset about doing. I thank God that I get to give. I thank God that I get to be a part of moving his kingdom forward. There's nothing better that I could do with what he has entrusted me. I find joy in giving, and I'm praying that you would enter into the same joy. Test him in it and see if it doesn't bring you joy. Test him in it and see if it doesn't bring you fulfillment. I just simply want to ask you, what is God speaking to you about this? Don't just walk out of here and do nothing about what you've heard. At the very least, pray about what God wants you to give. That's the least we can do. Let God speak to you directly and then test him on whatever he tells you to do. Maybe it doesn't start with 10. That's okay, test him on it. And maybe he grows your faith and he grows your joy and you give more. Do what he asks you to do and see what happens. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Don't let us get defensive or offended by this topic because that's the enemy. Help us to search out your truth in your word about what you want in this area of our finances. God, you want our hearts and where your treasure, where our treasure is, you say, that's where our heart is. So help us to give that to you. Now, one more thing before we go, we always wanna give people an opportunity to put their faith and trust in Jesus for the first time. It seemed like we were talking about money this morning, but I'm, I hope that you heard the word heart so many times because we're really talking about giving our hearts to God every area. Jesus wants our hearts. He wants to be number one. And if you have never made the decision to give Jesus your heart, to put him number one in your life, you can do that today. All God wants is to be in a relationship with you so that he can be with you forever in eternity. The Bible tells us that if we believe that Jesus died on the cross to take away our sins, 
like believe. I actually had a devotion this morning that said the word believe in the Bible um, is not just like, it's, it's kind of this word faith. And we don't have a verb of like, you faith something. But that's what this word means in the Bible. You live out your faith. It's not just to believe because even the demons believe that there's a God, right? They know there's a God, but it's to have faith and to put that faith in action. And if you wanna do that today, you will be saved. I'd like every person here to bow your head and close your eyes. Time of privacy and time of reflection. If you aren't sure that you're right with God through having a relationship with him and putting him first, and you wanna start that today, I want you to simply raise your hand and keep it up for just a minute so I can pray for you. Yes, amen. Anybody else says, that's me. I want that. I want to pray. I want to put my trust in God. Thank you. Awesome. If you are watching this online right now and you're sitting at home or wherever and you're saying, I want to put my faith in Jesus too, you can do that right now. I'm going to pray for you too. Is there anybody else here that says, that's me. I want to do this. Awesome, you could put your hands down and I just want us to pray together. These are not magic words, but if you pray this with all of your heart and you mean it, you have now started this relationship with Jesus. And so let's all pray this together. Everybody in this place, join with me. Pray, God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I believe that you are my savior Please forgive me of my sins and help me to make you number one in my life. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate that together, huh? That's awesome.